Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, everybody. 1008 WTIC News Talk 1080. Wilm Roddy Show. Wilm Roddy Host. Matt, uh, actually, I was going to say Matt, Matt Soroyce. The legendary Joey Burgoyne sitting in for Matt Soroyce for a little while. And uh, and you, of course, are below the audience. All right, let's go. Ralph's been holding for a long time. Ralph, thank you so much for holding. Welcome to the show. Ralph, are you there? Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Uh, couple, couple things I'd like to... Uh, mention quickly first of all you were talking about the uh uh covid tests yes and the nursing homes and people testing positive for covid or negative problem with that is the tests are inaccurate well that's wife, yeah that is a problem isn't it yeah, my wife and i both took a test about a month ago it says you're negative and then after it says that just because you tested negative doesn't mean you weren't positive. Yeah, so yeah. to me, it's just a, a total waste of time. Mm-hmm. And they're so, so inaccurate. You can't believe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I would love to talk about, if you notice yesterday, Ron Klein is talking about, this is five days before the election, mm-hmm. about Republicans wanting to end social security and Medicare, which is a total lie. But the problem I, problem I have pastor is how can they let these people lie like this? Without saying, okay, and here's my proof. I can prove that this is what they want to do. There's no proof. It's a total lie. And there's no downside for Klein doing this. What they should do, in my mind, they're going to have to set something up where you're going to have, they can, if you uh, do this to uh, any candidate, I don't care who it is, and disperse them a lie, you should be civilly liable for that. And if they do that, then. These people are going to say, well, I guess I can't tell lies. I'm going to have to be honest, or I could be in trouble. Well, I mean, lying has gone on since the beginning of politics. I mean, lying has been on since, since, since Adam and Eve, right? So, I mean, it's, it's not surprising to me that they lie, but it's surprising to me that they lie so um, confidently. Like, like no one's ever going to look this up. No one's ever going to, you know, do any research. And, and we're just supposed to believe whatever they say, particularly when we know there was a huge problem here in Connecticut with COVID and nursing homes. And, 
And and then the governor comes on and just makes it sound like, oh, it's just that's just false. You know, it's just no one's fact checking. One, one more uh, quick thing, uh, Pastor. They're yeah. talking about uh, shortages of fuel oil in the Northeast. Yeah. Yes. What mm-hmm. the heck is going to happen to those poor people if that is? It's uh, not the worst. The shortages in natural gas. Most of Connecticut is powered by plants that are fired on natural gas. Huge problem. And the, and the, the CEO of Eversource has written President Biden a letter saying you got to do something because we're not sure we're not sure we can handle the demand and the grid can hold up. So well, we've got yeah, a lot of problems. And you you were God smart for, to leave. God forbid no. something happens like that, and it's too late. No, it it, it, it is it's completely too late. late. It is too late. But. Ralph, thank you, uh, thank you for calling in. Thanks for uh, thanks for holding. We appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Weathersfield and Jamie. Jamie, welcome to the show. Pa- Pastor Joel, thanks, uh, Pastor. Well, thanks for having me, <laughs> Jamie. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make, make a note that I, I really felt that Laura Levy knocked it out of the park last night. Yeah, okay. I think that um, anytime she became over the target, uh, Mr. Zinni immediately would try to cut her short. Yeah. especially when she got to the portion about the, uh, the southern border and the uh, influx of the immigrants. I mean, it was clear that um, they didn't want to talk about that, and they were really uh, handling the stopwatch for her, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, thing, you know, what, what would you thing, expect, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it just demonstrates further uh, clarification that these guys are diminishing uh, Republicans' views, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, people that have an opinion, they don't want to hear it. And the other thing is, you know, uh, that's all I got to say, Pastor. Well, you know, I Jimmy, I think people get it. I think people go to the grocery store, they get it. I think they go to the gas pump, they get it. They go to pay their electric bill, they get it. I think people get it. And they and they get it in very, very easy to understand ways. It's not hard. Not hard to know things are not going the right direction. Jamie, thank you for your call. 860-522-9842. So we just had Leora Levy on, hot off the debate last night. A lot of people commented to me. Uh, last night uh, and this morning that they felt like she outright won the debate. I wasn't able to catch it. I got a few pieces of it a little bit because I was otherwise detained. I watched some video this morning. I think she did well for herself. I think she handled it well. She stood up well, handled uh, handled uh, Richard Blumenthal very well. Um, what do you think? Did you see the debate? And if the election were held today, who would you vote for? Senator Blumenthal or challenger Leora Levy? And, and why? Tell us that. I want to know that. Oh, let's go to New Britain and Louise. Louise, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I got a call before from, I'll say, a relative. But anyway, and I happened to ask about something else, and I said, did you watch the debate? And well, first I want to say, he supports Leora, and so do I. I have her, her sign on my lawn. I have her in a, my car and all that donated to her. But she said, oh, something like, oh, it was, she was okay, but she's not polished enough. Then I hung mm-hmm. up and said, you know what, polished, polished like a, is he, was he polished? I mean, I thank you for the interview, that was great before. Polished, what, like a shiny red apple that the witch gave to, was it Hansel and Gretel or whatever, in one of the, the uh, you know, kids' stories, remember, the polished red apple, mm-hmm. that was poison, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> polished red apple, polished politician. Yeah, no, she's not a politician, but she's, you know, I think she did great, and I, I don't know. I, that just turned me off. I don't know what he's, how he could think this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you can't please everybody. You know, I, yeah. I don't know what, what your friend is looking for, but I think she was very effective. She, she said things. And she was, she was well spoken. She took yeah. care of business. So I, I would disagree with your friend. I think she did quite and well. It's so hard when they're, they're 
strict, you know, a minute or whatever, and they're under stress like that. Yeah, you know. no, I she she was fine. She yes, did fine. Yes, she was. And, and I don't know oh, why I, anybody yeah, would anyway, say otherwise. Polished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know how much more polish you need, but how uh, much? Yeah, we don't want polished poison uh, apples. Like I thought, she <laughs> I thought she I thought she she shined pretty brightly, so <laughs> I'm good with that. Louise, thank you for your call. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Let's see. Oh, Jess Sean at uh, at five at uh, ten thirty five. Um, this this is the uh, CEO of Eversource, uh, Joe Nolan, talking about the fact that uh, uh, writes to the president and says, as uh, uh, as both an energy company CEO and lifelong New Englander, I am deeply concerned about the potential impact of a, a, a severe winter energy shortfall would have on people and businesses here in the region. Uh, he said, um, we still, uh, we still face a tightening market, really volatile prices, which really comes down to, uh, Russian aggression in Ukraine. Well, again, I think he's not going to say this. I think it comes down to Biden's war on fossil fuel. Um, but you know, there, there, this is, this is not, uh, just anybody, right? This is, this is the CEO of the largest power company in the region saying that they're very concerned about the grid standing up through high demand, particularly wintertime. And the fact that New England remains largely dependent, New England electric generators uh, largely dependent on natural gas. And that's one of the things that we're going to have a problem with in terms of shortage. So um, I don't know. I, I, I Again, I... We uh, we use at, at our home and, and our, our church, we use propane. Propane prices have been relatively stable. And I'm not hearing of propane shortages, but maybe maybe that just will go in line with, with oil and diesel. I, I'm not sure. Um, but don't for a minute think that these problems with oil are all because of the war in Ukraine. They're not. There because of the anti-fossil fuel policies of the Biden, Blumenthal, um, uh, Hayes, uh, Courtney, you know, <laughs> Larson. Uh, that's that's why we're having these problems we're having, and and the, it, and they can only stand to get worse unless there's a reversal in policy, and they just can't do that because they're too controlled by the uh, <laughs> by the climate terrorists. Let's go to Alex and Seymour. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, Pastor. Well, I tuned in kind of late today, so I don't know if uh, anybody's told you the numbers about the home heating oil. Uh, Go ahead. Um, No. Okay, so uh, month to month, so last month, uh, home heating oil is already up 26% since last month. Yeah. Um, And comparative to last year, same month, it's 85% higher than it was uh, last November. Wow. How much? 85% up. Oh, my gosh. Almost double the price. Well, I'm hearing routine stories of people that used to fill their tank for two or three hundred bucks now paying a thousand or better for it. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a and, huge increase. Yeah, and I just I don't know why like Lamont and the legislator aren't doing anything to maybe secure a supply of diesel through the winter. Um, because I heard New York's already talking about you know, you know, what's it called like cutting uh, what's it called. I don't, I can't think of the word now, but they're like, you know. What's that? Uh, oh, God. Like, uh, 
putting controls on it, like how much uh, you can get and stuff. Oh, rationing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rationing. Well, well rationing, rationing, they say, is going to happen. with, with, with di- Certainly diesel apparently already is in some parts of the state. Uh, diesel and home heating oil going to be rationed. So that's not good. Yeah, why isn't the governor or the legislator doing anything to secure our supply for, for the winter? You know, uh, this- that's a great question, Alex. Somebody, somebody should ask him that in a debate. <laughs> you know, let's see. We have billions of dollars or whatever in COVID. Yeah, all these billions of dollars, and we're doing nothing to to really do the things that we need to do with it, right? So, it, it's right, it's a frustrating situation, to be sure. Yeah, Alex, thank you for your call. I appreciate eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Let's see, maybe grab one more before we take a commercial. Jazz Shaw at ten thirty five. Um. Um, let's see. Dad, Leo, or Levian about the debate. Let's go to Newington and Grant. Grant, welcome to the show. Um, God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. And God bless your listeners. Thank you. As, and as a Laura special won. God bless to Laura Levy. Yeah. So you like you like Laura Leora, I, huh? I saw. Like yeah, I fan? saw the debate last night, and there's like four things I want to talk about the debate. I'll just make a statement first. And the last thing I want to say is uh, about three weeks ago, you said you may put your name in the hat on a on a political position. Uh, no. Uh, you were uh, talking to um, somebody that was a chairman or something. Oh, I was talking to former chairman, Chris Healy. I, I, I'm not sure what exactly what. What I heard? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because I because I'm not putting my hat in for anything. You were debating whether to put your hat in or something. I don't know. No, I, I'm I'm never going to put my hat in. I'm never running okay. for politics. I'm very happy living the life I live, and and politics okay. would ruin me. So I just well, there's no way. God bless you. All now, right, thank thanks, man. First Grant, thing I want to say, is, uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Zinni was an idiot. Okay, he kept cutting off um, uh, the candidate leaving. Okay, she, she would get on a roll, and then all of a sudden he realized that she was doing good, and it seemed like he was cutting her off. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, at the bottom of the hour, um, they were talking about abortion when uh, uh, Susan Raff said something about uh, the question, and they questioned both of them, and then she wanted to have a 30-second follow-up. Yeah, and and Mark Zinni never gave her that follow up. He said, "Well, we got to cut to a break or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, okay. they've got their agendas. Got well, their agendas. So it was like change. five to one. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 question and, and Mark Zinni five to one. Well, you he can't did good. you can't expect I mean, fairness when you don't have neutral people doing the debates. That's why you shouldn't have these news commentators doing it. You should bring in outside people who are or yeah, capable, would be good, gifted people. You would that, be a good questionnaire, wouldn't you? I would be a great questionnaire. Yeah, yes, I, I I do. I would put my head in for that, Grant. Okay, now <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much. I appreciate. It. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Couple commercials. We'll come back. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Um, did you see the debate? What do you think? And and did you have any negative experience during COVID with loved ones in nursing homes? Did you suspect COVID people were being sent into nursing homes? Were you forbidden to go into a nursing home? Any of the above? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we return. Stay with us. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080.
Well, it could be could be a year for upsets. We'll know uh, next week, hopefully Tuesday night, Wednesday, sometime soon thereafter. We'll know what the results are, and we can only hope that we, if we, at least we don't get a red wave in Connecticut. We at least we get a red ripple, <laughs> yeah. and uh, a little bit has changed there. All right, let's go to uh, Adam Neck and Neil. Neil, welcome to the show. Good morning. I think a uh, moderator should be Matt, and the panel should be Brian, yourself, Tom, and Todd. <laughs> I think that would be the dream team, like the old Michigan dream team. I like that. That's good. Hey, so the reason I'm calling is, you know, with the, the nursing homes, prior to COVID, and I used to be in EMS, um, and I've had older family members, prior to COVID, and I'm sure other people can vouch for this, to get somebody in a nursing home, there would be waiting lists. They had no room. So I would right. be really interested on the names of the nursing homes that had empty wings. Yeah, yeah. And also, which nursing homes <laughs> were empty? I mean, there was no staff shortages prior to that. Mm. So how suddenly when COVID hit, we have all these rooms open. Now, this is yeah. obviously prior to people passing away, unfortunately. Sure. But sure. I, I would love a list of the names of those uh, nursing homes. Have Lamont proved that is the case. Yeah. And we all know darn well during COVID they were short-staffed. You know those those uh, you know the CNAs and everybody working in there were going from patient to patient, regardless mm-hmm. of what they had, because that's their priority is patient yeah. care. Um, show the proof. That's what I would love yeah. to see from Lamont. You know. Well, in, in part of it is we, we'll probably never know fully, Neil, because I don't think anyone would publish if they even maintained. Which patients did the nursing homes refuse and which ones did they take with COVID? I mean, we know the ones that we can tell the ones they took with COVID. That has, there has to be records on that. But which ones did they refuse? We'll probably never know that. And, and I'm going to guess the number's very small, quite frankly. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a large number because they were getting extra uh, dollars, additional dollars for taking those folks in. Oh, so um, we'll see. Neil, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We got Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com coming on at ten thirty-five. Let's go to Cheshire and Jack. Jack, welcome to the show. Hi, Pastor Will. Um, I watched the debate last night, and uh, I was very pleased with uh, Miss Levy. Um, mm-hmm. The question I've got for the general public, um, I guess, is one of ignorance. Um, does anybody actually believe when Bloom, uh, Blumen, whatever is? I, I have sure, another yeah. name for him. Whatever Blumenthal's name came up, and he uh, decided to tell us that he was going to propose a windfall tax on the utilities. Is there anybody out there in the public that honestly thinks that they're going to eat that cost? They're going to pass right. it right mean, back to right. us again. They're, they're, in, they're out there to make money. They're not, yeah. not going to absorb I mean, costs. I, I could not believe that uh, he came out with an ignorant statement like that, I guess. He just assumed that the public was pretty stupid, you know. He's just been out of it for so long and and been living off the dole of taxpayers for his entire life. Yeah, Um, I know. I mean, how how can you relate to anything that's real or reality itself when you've been living this fantasy life for the last 50 years, 60 years? Well, you obviously know where I'm coming from. I'm a Vietnam-era veteran, so... uh, well, and, and then you lie about your see, service. I mean, you know. Yeah, I didn't see Blumenthal on any of the uh, yeah. places I was at. He didn't bump into him in, in Saigon. No. <laughs> I think he was out in Washington just playing, uh, looking at books or something, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, thank Jack, you Jack, thanks much. for your service. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yep. for your Bye-bye. call. Um, all right, we're going to take a break, a couple commercials. We'll come back with news, and then 
Weekend editor, hotair.com. Jazz Shaw, always a fun time with jazz. All jazzed up. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Local Radio, The Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> um, 1037 Thursday, very great. I always look forward to Thursday because we have a special guest on every Thursday at this time. Hotair.com, a place I go daily for news, commentary. I would recommend you go there as well. Jazz Shaw is the weekend editor of Hotair.com, longtime supporter of the show. And we want to welcome Jazz back. Hey, Jazz, what's going on? Rather well, uh, the usual. Uh, it, everything's crazy with the election being so close and it just tracking my, lies and misinformation and posting about that as soon as I find it. Well, you know, it's funny. We had we had a, another the early program before ours. They had the governor on, Governor Connecticut. And, you know, we had a lot of problems with nursing home here. We had high death rates in nursing home. He's trying to make it sound like, oh, we're nothing like New York. You know, that's totally different. We didn't have anything to do with it, you know. And I, I pulled up two articles that both said that Connecticut was, they changed their uh, regulation about testing prior to going into a nursing facility and that Connecticut was asking nursing homes to take patients. And the only difference here is Cuomo mandated it and Lamont didn't, but it was still going on. I mean, you had yeah, a huge that, problem. That was not one of uh, not one of their more shining moments in either state, I would say. But in New York, it was particularly bad. It was just egregious, you know. Well, because there's such an obvious paper trail that Cuomo ordered it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a, you know, it wasn't. A, I wonder why this happened thing. I mean, we knew why it happened because Cuomo said that they should send them to their nursing homes. Yeah, it was it was all laid out. In fact, I do recall they threatened the funding of the uh, state funding of any nursing home that didn't comply, and said, "No, you can't be turning people away. That you know, you gotta let it." And, and well, we all know what happened next. People were just dropping like flies. There was the yeah. most vulnerable people in the country to the disease, as opposed to school children or young, healthy right. adults or military members. And they were the ones that were getting patients shoved in next to them when nobody even really knew how it was being transmitted yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just looking at some of your stuff, recent stuff. This is so so um, applicable to right now because of energy and problem with energy and energy shortages and gas shortage and oil shortage, diesel shortage. Uh, you know, we go out, we go out to the Cape once a year, and and I'll never forget the first time I, I was coming up to the uh, the uh, the bridge. 
uh, to cross over in, into the Hyannis area. And uh, holy cow, these wind, I have never, wind turbines, hadn't seen them before there. Now they've been there for quite a few years. Well, uh, most people, some people know, most people don't know, Massachusetts had a very aggressive you know, wind farm project, offshore wind farm project. Um, and uh, I guess it's not working out as well as they had hoped. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're saying it's no, no you, longer viable? You, you could say that, yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> two, two projects. Uh, one was like five times bigger than the other, but it was a whole bunch of, uh, of windmills out there in the ocean. And there were court battles because the people didn't want their ocean view obstructed, but it got pushed through because we got to have the green energy. Of course. And now, thanks to uh, the, the way the economy has completely imploded, supply chain problems, prices going up, um, they've had to put those projects on hold, and they've gone and told the government, nope, sorry, we can't do it because it's just going to cost too much if we can get enough people to work on it and if we can get the stuff we need to build it, and we don't have any of that. So yeah. it's no longer viable, and it's on hold. Whether that's going to change in the future depends on whether somebody fixes all the supply chain problems and inflation comes back down and things get back to, quote, normal. But if that doesn't happen, no, they, they can't do it because they'll never get their money back. Wow. I've never heard that argument made before. <laughs> Gosh. I didn't I didn't see it in the article, Jess. Do we have any idea how many of these wind uh, turbines there are out there in the ocean? I, I don't have a total number for you. It's pretty big. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean I'm they thinking it's in the hundreds, the right? It, it's in the hundreds. <laughs> and what, it, they're just going to hang out now? They're just sitting there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, so honestly, this is you can't make it up. And this this on the heels of an earlier story that you put out, that apparently Germany is finding <laughs> when farms don't work. And and what they're going to go back to coal? Is I mean, is that even possible? Yeah, it's it's not just a matter of going back. There's one big company out there yeah. uh, that controls a number of different forms of energy. They they have a very large coal mine, but they set part of that aside, and because everybody was pushing them to do green energy, so they put up a whole bunch of those windmills on the land where they've been doing the coal mining. So <laughs> you know, it's a big promotional thing. Instead of digging for coal, we're going to use windmills. Well, now they realize that they've had a lot of trouble with the windmills and the wind not blowing, and they've run, they've run out of natural gas. So they tore down some of the windmills, and now they're digging new coal mine areas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's funny. It, it would really be comically funny if it wasn't the fact that it's costing taxpayers billions of dollars to subsidize these projects that are going on. And people have been saying for years, wind, you can't count on it. Can't count on wind. Can't count on solar. Too weather, you know, uh, affected. And and now we're seeing it. Now we're seeing the the proof of it, where people are abandoning these these wind farms because you know it just it doesn't work. And I mean, I, the I told you so is very little consolation at this point because as you know, we've ruined our own energy uh, um, ability here in the United States. And now we're going to have these these wind these wind turbines sticking up everywhere that nobody's using. I mean, come on, when are we going to when are we going to wake up to some of this stuff? That you think, Jazz? Well, Germany is one of the places, and there's several countries. And we wrote about this uh, last month. They've already had projections, and they're telling people, "Look, we're not joking. This is serious. 
if we don't get a replacement for the natural gas that we lost or something, people are going to die this winter. People would be freezing to death yeah. in first world countries like Germany, and people will just die in the winter. And they're like, we got to do something. And they scratched their heads and looked around, and they were like, well, the only thing we, you know, we can't get the gas lines going again when they're not getting blown up yeah. and everything else. And the solar and the wind isn't working, so we're going to dig some more coal and refire up the coal plants. So because that works. And they have like an unlimited supply of coal, and they have those plants sitting there. It'll take them a week to get them back online because they're very simple beasts, you know. And uh, so that's what they're doing. So, yeah, they went and told, tore down some of the windmills and started digging new holes in the coal, coal shafts. And, of course, the very, the, uh, the very climate and environmentally friendly Communist Chinese Party, um, I read an article. They're building, the Chinese are building 250 coal-fired electric generation plants. Of course they are. I'm like, wait a minute. They're supposed to be working with us because we're leading the way to cut down our, our carbon footprint. All these other countries are supposed to follow us. That's the theory, right? If we'll, if the United States will do it, these other countries will follow us to a greener future. And they're like, nah, we're going to go coal. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> because it works. It's been working for centuries. You know, it's, it, we know how it works. And, and the really sad part about this, Will, is that if you go back and look at, like, the International uh, Institute for Energy Research and some other sources I follow, you can go back to 2017, and they were predicting this. And yeah. in 2020, they were predicting this. And last year, they were, like, setting the house on fire and yelling, you're going to run out of energy. This yeah. isn't working. Yeah. And now we're running out of energy, and now they're sitting back, and they're like, well, we can't help you on this shorter notice. You know, you know, and it's funny because this winter you need to fix it next month. You needed to tell us that and put the money up front like three years ago. And people who even people who don't really know what they're talking about, like guys that make probably as many electric vehicles, anybody, the uh, Elon, the head, the head twit Musk, he said for years, we don't have the infrastructure now. We can't the the two and a half, three percent of electric vehicles that comprise the United States automotive industry right now we don't even have enough power to, to power them now they've been saying it toyota's been saying that and and now we're shocked that oh this wind stuff's not working out as well hmm i wonder what part what percentage of the world's electric electricity is is uh harvested from uh wind turbines I, I don't know that and i'm expecting you to i'm gonna guess that's a fairly small percentage but when you add it all together and now come up with the fact that well this isn't really working and i wonder if this sets a new trend you got you got massachusetts running away from it you got germany as a nation running away from it um i i wonder if we'll start seeing you know other other states countries that are wind focused i wonder if it's gonna affect what they're doing as well well, just to answer the question that you put up there, in the United States, wind and solar combined add up to about 14% of our total um, energy grid production. In okay. Germany, it's a little bit lower. Uh, they were shooting for 40 when they first announced that project. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't, they've barely gotten past 10. And, uh, and then they were going to shut down their nuclear plants. Now they backed off from that because everybody was like, no nuclear either. That's bad too. Well, nuclear provides like 40% of their electricity. If you take that away and you've only come up with 10% with the windmills, yeah. uh, it's really just math. You don't need to be an energy expert. It's <laughs> right, just math. Right, right. You know, it's like, um, that's not going to work. 
Well, and now suddenly they're they're setting their hair on fire. People are going to die this winter. You think? <laughs> I had uh, two weeks ago. I had on a congresswoman Johanna Hayes, and I and I mentioned talked about energy. I mentioned the fact that the Biden administration had to clear clear war on fossil fuel, and she denied it. It's like, oh, that, that's not true. That's not true. You know, I, I, yeah, it is true. Second day of his administration, he canceled construction on the XL pipeline. Well, you know, that's not true. So here in Texas now, the, big, the large state of Texas, where we get, by the way, a lot of, a lot of oil and, and natural gas, those two things are linked together. Apparently, as you've written here uh, yesterday, apparently we're having problems. Uh, we don't have enough pipeline. To get to, to move the, the natural, got plenty of natural gas, got plenty of oil in the Permian Basin. I mean, I think something like 40% of our entire country oil supply and energy comes out of the Permian Basin, Basin in Texas, but they can't even get it out of there because of lack of, of, of pipeline. Is that is that accurate or what's going on? Yeah, they, uh, the Permian Basin has, the last estimates I saw from IER, um, there, there, there's enough just natural gas, not to mention oil, to take us through past the end of this century yeah, very comfortably. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, no matter how much of it you drill, if you can't get it where it needs to go, it's not doing you any good. Right. And right. the Biden administration, and the particularly through the Interior Department and the Department of Energy, have been denying requests to either build new natural gas lines or to expand the volume of the existing ones yeah. so they can get it out and get the connecting lines built so it can get to the East Coast and the Northeast and the other places, which they know how to do. They've been doing it for a very long time. In one year, they could knock those pipelines out. All the permits have been denied. And so they're pumping a bunch of natural gas, but they've shut down a bunch of those plants because the the pipeline capacity is just not enough to meet the demand. And when they pump too much of it, they wind up giving it away or just burning it off, you know? Mm. So yeah, the gas is there, but because there's no permits, for that, then it can't get out the door. So it's the same as not having any because it doesn't just magically appear where it needs to be. And then there's the offshore thing that I also wrote about very recently. Do you know how many offshore uh, auctions for permits for drilling have been have taken place since Biden came into office? Uh, one. One. <laughs> yeah. And there's a federal requirement yeah. of how many you have to do per year. This is the lowest number of auctions that they've had since Nixon, you know, and all the other ones were canceled. (laughs) That's actually against federal law what they're doing, but they're just doing it anyway, and nobody says anything. Speaking of canceling, one of the things early that Biden did after he stopped construction of the XO pipeline was he canceled the leases that had already been given out in Anwar. And you want to talk about oil reserve. There's enough oil in Anwar to, to supply the entire planet for 100 years. So I don't understand why how, how anyone could say that, that the Biden administration hasn't declared war on, on energy production here in, my, in the United States because by every indication, you'd have to say, gee, I think he has. Yeah, and on top of that, they, um, they shut down seven refineries. And... <laughs> Well, okay, they, they shut down five. Two of them they forced to convert over to biofuels. And those seven refineries used to process more than 860,000 barrels of oil per day. You know, 860,000? Yeah. Wow. And per day, but, well, wow. between all of them. And without those, 
we are now down to the smallest number of refineries we've had since 2016, and the demand is 27% higher than it was in 2016. Again, do the math. You know? Well, one of my listeners oh, said we don't have enough. From the from the U.S. Energy Department, uh, uh, one of our list, my listeners sent uh, sent in a graph a couple weeks ago, and and the, the number of <clears throat> um, drilled versus completed wells, right? So drill well phase one, they send a crew out, they drill, they find the oil. All right, now you send in phase two, and that's the completers. They they put the castings in, they cap, they get it running, they get it functioning, right? And and not just oil, but obviously gas is is a byproduct of that natural gas. Well, we're down to the lowest number of of completed wells that we've been in, in in decades. And you can see on the graph, during the Trump administration, the drilling just kept going higher and higher and higher until 21, and there's just this massive drop-off. And the problem is th- they need to drill a lot of wells to be able to complete wells, to be able to make them functioning to, so that we have the supply. This is going to hurt us for years now because the drilling has gone down so substantially that we don't have the wells even wells even ready to complete to, to be able to realize the oil production. It's just, it's just a big mess. And I like, <clears throat> do you think people are, are putting this together? Finally, do you think we're going to see see a red wave in the United States. We we maybe just see a red ripple here in Connecticut. But do you think you're going to see, I mean, your governor race, Lee Zeldin, in some polls, has taken a lead. What do you think is going to happen in New York? Oh, I have no idea. Um, It's, I'd say there's an outside chance Lee Zeldin wins, but everything we're seeing internally here in New York, um, that's a race that Kathy Hochul, the current governor, unelected governor, I should say, yeah. uh, should have won by 25 to 30 points without even taking out one ad. And right now, at least one of the last polls has Zeldin up by one. If she wins, which she I hate to say the word, she probably will, yeah. but she's going to win by like three or something. Wow. And and that's in New York. I mean, that that's insane. So, yeah, I, I think there definitely is a shift going on. People are looking, and it's not just energy, of course, it's crime and everything else. But, uh, yeah, I, it's happening. As far as the energy goes, I, I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that topic gets an, as much attention as it very, very much deserves. Mm. Certainly a lot mm. of the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And even when it does get covered, let's be honest, it's a, the, the energy ecosystem we have is very, very complicated. And if you don't study it for a living uh, or professionally in some way, it is kind of hard to understand because there's a lot of figures that get thrown out and there's so many steps in the chain from getting a permit to gas going into your tank. Right, you right. Know, there's so right. many people involved and different processes involved. It's really hard for the layman to follow. And so I would say, no, I don't think there's – anywhere near as much awareness of this as there should be. But that graph you just mentioned, we were exporting energy when Trump was in office. We were producing everything we needed, and we had so much natural gas, we started building liquid natural gas uh, facilities to make the compressed uh, LNG, and we were exporting that to Europe, and they're begging for that right now, by the way. But everything died in 2021. Yeah, you know, yeah, just came it just dropped off a cliff. And right now, we're like, yeah, we'd love to sell you some, but uh, we don't have any. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw this last night. This is crazy. California Democrat, California Congressman Ro Khanna said he wants to penalize and tax companies for exporting 
oil and gas out of the country. Worse than is already happening. I mean, he wants a substantial penalty on on on, on energy companies that would export export gas or oil out of the United States. It just, I mean, I I these guys are they're suicidal. They really are. I mean, they just they just don't get it. And and I you know they say they love the country. I don't know how realizing the amount of pressure pressure that people are, getting, are, are being put. Hey, Jazz, we're out of time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for coming on as always. Keep up the good work at hotair.com. Tell Ed we said hi and uh, have, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a great weekend. All right, that's it. We are out of time. Thank you guys all your calls. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, Leora Levy coming on. Thanks, Jazz. Joey, great job. No surprise there. Legendary Jerba going. And uh, thank you. So enjoy the day. We're going to have some great weather in the next few days. Man, get your shorts out and your flip-flops. It's going to be some great weather in the next few days. Enjoy your afternoon. Love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.